0: Okay, so we're speaking to uh, Ian at Kirk. And um, Ian, you are the first person in the Isle of Man to be qualified to be a Wim Hof instructor. Um, we're going to get into all sorts of aspects to do w- with this during the, uh, the interview. But first off, give us a bit of an introduction to you and, yeah. and your background and why you've gone down this, this path in your life.
1: Okay, um, well, really for me, it was, um, I was used to working in a factory, building shower screen, screens for the elderly and the disabled. Uh, so that was my job, my career, uh, of what I was doing at the time. I spent 12 years doing that. Um, and in that time period, uh, a lot went on, um, obviously over a 12-year period. Uh, and it got to the point where... Um, I had a breakup. Uh I was my fiance I was had the house, had the car. Uh, I was engaged and all the rest of it. And um my life kind of just took a downward spiral from from kind of that moment. Uh afterwards, not long after that, um I um yeah i was my fiance left i was sick at the time um my tw- i have a twin sister she was actually she suffers with mental health disorders and things like that and she was actually in prison at the time so uh which wasn't good for my mom and and everything else i had going on so it was over this this period of time where i had financially i was in the biggest hole that i'd ever been in and um, so i as inst- i started searching for, for something to to heal myself, for, uh, I went through all the, the doctors, and they were trying to diagnose me with a bowel condition that I was suffering with. And uh, before I was scheduled to go for the colonoscopy, which is the camera up the old rear end, uh, I uh, I decided I was gonna I was gonna heal myself, and I started searching different um, methods of of healing and things like that. So I uh, so straight away I changed my diet. I went on a plant-based diet even though I was kind of ridiculed by some people and I was called a weirdo and, you know, seen as being less of a man that not eating meat and things like that. So, yeah, but I didn't, they didn't know at the time that I was actually sick and I was trying to get over my condition. <clears throat> so it took around two years of me messing around with my diet and, and nutrition and things like that to finally got to the stage where I felt actually well again as as like literally well within myself so that took about two years um but in that time as well i also felt better in my own mental state i felt better in my own health and well-being and and from there it's like okay there's i just carried on researching using my body as kind of an experiment to see what what foods worked and what didn't work, and and things like with fasting and intermittent fasting and all this type of stuff. So I was looking into all this stuff while I was still working at the factory.
0: Yeah, and when it, so when you're doing when you were <coughs> doing this sort of stuff, when you are doing this sort of stuff, do you, do you base it on how? It ends up making you feel so is it is it as simple as that it's like if this works for me then i'm going to keep doing this
1: yeah yeah more or less it's uh and that's one thing about the wim hof method is is feeling is understanding that's one thing wim says so before i even got on that journey to the wim hof method i was already kind of feeling what foods and what um, diet would be best suited for me. So I was constantly changing, constantly learning, constantly adapting and, and adding certain different things into my diet that made me feel better. And then that took me to a point of finding um, a guy called Alfredo Bowman, uh, known as Dr. Sebi, online. And uh, I found his nutritional guide and, and his guidance and found out about his herbs and things like that. And uh, he actually uh, had a village in Honduras uh, where he was treating people with all kinds of illnesses and diseases. So for me, when I got to that stage of learning and understanding and, and finding him, I've seen him as like, okay, everything he's kind of saying is he's proven and, he's, and he, he just seems like he's an honest, genuine person. So I kind of uh, delved into what he was doing and things like that. And I added some of that stuff into my diet and I felt even better. So for me, before I was going on the Wim Hof path, I had decided I want to go to this village in Honduras, which they say is the murder capital of the world and it's dangerous and all the rest of it. So for me, I decided, okay, well, that's what I want to do because I want to learn about the herbs and I potentially want to bring this back to others because I know the feeling that it's given me. So that was kind of my journey and where I wanted to go and I wanted to head to Honduras no matter what uh everybody else told me about all the fear-based stuff the the murder rates and everything else Uh, but i was still gone so but it wasn't up until 2016 until i was put on the wim hof path and that was actually by a friend's father Um, my friend was little steve both and uh, his father was big ste and uh, it was one day when because i worked building shower screens uh, big steve was uh, diagnosed with cancer so big steve got his diagnosis and um, and little steve came around and told me about it which upset me so i started looking into more how cancer works and things like that more uh, diet and nutrition and then uh, big steve rang me up and asked me to come around and and give him a magazine because he wanted a wet room for when he was doing his chemotherapy so he could get in and out of the bathroom with these so i said yeah no problem i'll come up I'll bring you the magazine. So when I went round there, I was sat with him and his wife Jean, uh, made me a cup of tea, and, and sat there and we talked natural healing. Um, Big Steve he was quite open-minded. Um, he was growing his own vegetables in his garden. He had a bit of an allotment and, and things like that. So he was already into natural foods and things like that. So then I started talking about this this guy, this Alfredo Bowman, now Dr. Sevy. And how he uh, has this alkaline diet and this nutrition that can is really good for cleansing and these herbs and and all this stuff that I knew, and then he t- he turns around to me and he's like, "Have you ever heard of this guy called Wim Hof, the Iceman?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard of him, but only since from 2007." And um, so yeah, that that night he, I was kind of he planted the seed in my brain. So that night I went home and as I would I'd be cooking my tea or my, my dinner and uh, I'd stick YouTube on and while I'm chopping stuff up and doing stuff I'd, uh, I'd listen to YouTube and the very first uh, podcast that was on the YouTube channel uh, was Joe Rogan and Wim Hof. So I thought oh that's, that's interesting, a bit of a, a synchronicity there. So I clicked on the video and that's when I, I learned that Wim... Uh, it wasn't just Wim that could do what Wim can do that he was teaching everybody and everyone can have this control and this power if they're just willing uh, to try um, something different and to break that fear of the cold that we all seem to have we all seem to have a fear of the cold so for me I was like okay I'm I'm interested in this and I looked up the expedition and and i seen the price and and everything and I thought oh well really Uh, can I really Justify going on that when I want to go so, to
0: Honduras. So this was to go and what train with yeah. Wim Hof
1: to, to train yeah. with Wim on a, what is known as the winter expedition in Poland, where you go there in in December, in uh, in the height of winter, and uh, yeah, you do the training. You go on the frozen waterfalls and the frozen rivers, and uh, then after the training, you go and climb Mount Snezka, uh, a uh, mountain in Poland, on the border of uh, uh, Czechoslovakia. Uh, and yeah, you, you climb up the mountain, and you just do it in shots. So that was the training. So
0: how how do you even get to that stage?
1: And well, the to, be ma- able to
0: do that, to be able to go up a mountain, a well, mountain in your shorts.
1: This is it. The body adapts really, really quickly. So in a in the space of a couple of days, you're already feeling, and and you can already see in other people the benefits of this method. It's it's you seeing the change in them physically and and mentally and everything. It's superb um so yeah so uh when i when i found out about the expedition i thought okay well i'm trying to save money for the uh for the honduras thing because i'm adamant that's where i want to go and i can help people with this this knowledge and this information so but then um i had another uh, i had another friend at the time uh jamie jamie carr he was um he was diagnosed with bowel cancer uh, i found out about him five days after after Big Stay, and um, within six months Jamie lost his, his fight with cancer and he, he was basically uh, training as a bodybuilder and he was getting ready for competitions and uh, he, that's when he, he got sick. Uh, the next time I seen Jamie was, was in the, uh, the hospice two days before he passed away and uh, yeah it was hard to see, it was hard to see your friend who you've seen so big and so strong for so long being in a different state in, in the hospice.
0: It's uh, yeah, it's really really sad to see that happen, isn't it that 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 transition, that transformation that people go through in that that situation. It's no longer them, really, is it?
1: That's yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, yeah. So that was that was quite um, hard for me to take, but that just pushed me even further. So then I carried on looking up uh, different healing methods and and all kinds of other things, and then that led me to. <coughs> um, when I went to look on the Wim Hof Expedition, this is, say, now six months after Jamie, and, um, six months after Jamie, and, um, another friend's father at work had got diagnosed with, uh, like, the lad who had been working with for 12 years, um, um, uh, Dave, his father had been diagnosed with cancer as well, so now I had, um, it's him dealing with what he was going through uh, big Steve was still was still doing well uh, And I'd not heard about him uh, back from him about the magazine, you know, and what shower sh- stuff he wanted so uh, I bumped into his son Paul our stepson Paul and um, Just walking down the road with a dog one day coming from the gym and uh, I pulled over and I spoke with Paul and I asked him how big Steve was getting on um, and he informed me that, um, that Big Steve had been taken over to Liverpool because the tumours had now spread from his uh, lungs to his brain. So that's once again took me back and I was like, right, okay. So that, that made me think, you know what, this fear of the cold that I have, because I used to hate the cold just like everyone else, uh, I thought, well this, nah, I need to go on this expedition, he's told me about this guy and uh, that I have to go and experience it for myself, because I'm one of those people who'd rather experience it for themselves, know for myself if it works and if it doesn't, and then I can talk about it, you know, I'd rather try it first. So I went home that, uh, that day and I went to book the expedition, I thought, sod the money for Honduras, you know, I'll, I'll get some more money somehow. So yeah, so I, um, I went to book it and it was fully booked so i uh i got a cancellation uh well no I, I i emailed the um the wim hof team i um i asked them if they had any cancellations uh could they let me know and uh, they informed me that there was already six people on the waiting list and that i'd be lucky if i got the chance and things like that so anyway over that next two or three month period um i watched my uh, dave at work dealing with his father Uh, being sick and Gary both two twins were next to me at work Um, his father John Quirk was actually um, the groundsman at Old Boys football pitch and uh, yeah great guy always full of life always a smile on his face just like Big Stee, really and um, and yeah so then John passed away and uh, that was then hard to take at the the same time now we're building up to like October November time uh, my sister, who suffers with mental health disorders, my twin sister, she um, she tried to commit suicide twice in, in nine days, in the space of nine days, which was tough. And then for my mum, my mum as well, who suffered with her mental health and things like that, and my father, she suffers with arthritis. So all this stuff I found out when I was researching into the Wim Hof method, all this stuff could help with all these things. So There's also a
0: parallel there within your story to an extent with kind of what motivated this guy in the first place really with his wife suffering mental health issues and ultimately sadly committing
1: suicide was sort of what pushed him into a lot of this wasn't it exactly yeah this is it from from uh, a lot of our most painful experiences we get our greatest lessons so from me having like what happened to me with everything I was going through with my health and everything it pushed me to learn more about myself it gave me that push I needed now all the other people around me that are suffering with mental health, disorders, um, certain illnesses and things like that, it pushed me to break up my fear of the cold, uh, pushed me to learn more about the human body, how it works, the mind and all these other aspects of, of being, really. And um, so, yeah, this is what put me on the path. Um so yeah that that then on the on the friday this was the friday when my sister uh, for the second time tried to tried to um, uh, end a, end her life um i then had my friend who passed away when i was 20 years old his annual darts night on the saturday um but on the friday night before that going through all these emotions I went home and had already started the 10 week course, the Wim Hof Method 10 uh, week online course. So I started that. I went home from work early after seeing my sister. I didn't want to go back to work. So I have to go home, clear my head. So I went home and I started doing these breathing, the breathing techniques, did the rounds of the breathing. And at the end of that breathing, I, um, I had a message it just popped up on my phone, an email from uh, the Wim Hof Method team. And this is two weeks now before the expedition in the start of December. end of November so I had an email saying there's been a cancellation would you like to come on the Wim Hof method Uh, the ex the winter expedition Uh, so I just decided you know what after the week I've had with my sister and the month I've had with everything else going on it's like yeah I'm going I don't care about the money it's not an issue like I'm going I want to have this experience so that Saturday we had the, the darts night and needless to say I got a little bit drunk because of uh, because of my emotions being up and down and all the rest of it. And then the, um, something else happened on the Monday. Uh, I was on the way into work. I slept in. Usually I'd be in one of the first in, being a supervisor, and uh, first aid trained and everything else. But I slept in that Monday. And on the way to work, I got a phone call from a, from a member of staff asking where I was and if I was on my way. And then I found out that one of the the guys at work had hung himself in the storeroom in um, in the factory so now I've got all this depression suicide um, everything deaths all around me everywhere else you must have felt surrounded at at that time yeah yeah, Yeah. surrounded that's I literally felt surrounded by death disease and illness and it was like I'm trying to tell people about all this other stuff and no one wants to listen and and then this happens as well and it's just like you know, I just didn't didn't know what to do. So uh anyway, like uh, within, I think it was nine days after that, I'd booked onto the Wim Hof Method, which is funny actually because after I did the breathing that day, and I was worrying about you know how am I going to fund the flights and all the rest of it because it's now there's less time to get there. So I ran downstairs after doing the breathing, and I got to the bottom of the stairs and there's the old dreaded gas bill. <laughs> it's like oh God, I'm just thinking about how am I going to pay for this and that so I opened up the gas bill I opened it up and uh, yeah, it just turns out that I was overpaying my gas for for the whole year and that I had a rebate there of £350 so I was like oh excellent I've got a rebate so uh, I decided to go to my mum's to try and book the flight for uh, for Poland and, and work out the prices and it just so happened that the price for the ticket for the plane journeys for off the island and to Poland and back or well to Prague first it just worked out to be the same amount of money. So it's like, for me, it's following the signs now. I was thinking, okay, I'm destined to go here. This is something I need to go and do.
0: I was going to say, did, did you keep feeling like there were just all these little coincidences happening? Yeah. And, and it was, like you say, well, pe- people always choose to interpret those things as as they want, don't they? But Mm. for people who do, when you see something like that, you take it as a sign because you go, well, I'm thinking about this, and here seemingly is someone or something making the decision for me.
1: This is it, yeah. I mean, for me, uh, being quite into looking at all this stuff over the years that I had, it put me in tune with, for me now, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe everything is kind of happening the way it is, and you can either choose to flow with it or fight against it. So for me, when I started seeing all these signs and these things pulling me towards this, this method, it's like I knew I had to go. All this other stuff that was going on in my life, my whole life was all over the place. My emotions was all over the place. And for me, I always found it hard to, to open up about stuff. Like a lot of people do, they always hold it in and they don't want to tell anyone and burden anyone else and things like that. So for me, when I got there in Poland, uh, on the first day they had this uh, breaking our boundaries uh introducing other people um who we just met uh with the adders in the cold water first day and when I first got out of that first river uh oh, my toes were like blocks of ice I couldn't even get I struggled to get my socks on because I just could not feel my feet they just felt like foreign objects and then literally after that we went back to Wim's house and we tried to do the qigong well we did the qigong to, to warm up with and things like that. And I just remember that day thinking I don't want to go through that pain because it was really painful with my toes, really painful. And I thought, I don't want to go through that pain again. So the next morning, uh, me and a guy called Enrique from uh, Venezuela, we got up early in the morning. Uh, the deal was I'd get up in the morning and, and we'd go in the ice bath outside Wim's house together If because uh, I'm always up quite early anyway from working in the factory and he uh, suffered with sleep apnea so he'd be up as well. So the deal was, he puts the sauna on, and we both go out into the ice bath together. Come out, warm up a little bit, and then go in the sitting sauna while everyone else wakes up and gets ready for the day. So anyway, we did. I come down at six in the morning. He's there with the, he already got the kettle on and the coffee going, and he's like, "Oh, we're going, we're going to the ice bath." And I was like, "Okay, let's let's do it then. Let's do it." Have you put the sauna on? He's like, "Yep." So we stripped off. We got in the ice bath on the second day of of staying in Wim's house, and um, and we got in there. And as we're doing, relaxing, the calm, breathing deeply in, and humming on the way out, and um, slow the heart rate down, so we're nice and relaxed. Next thing, our instructor Chuck comes, opening the door. He's like, "Great effort, guys, but can you get out of there? You don't know what's you don't know what's coming today." Like, "Okay, yeah, not a pro- not a problem." Come on, Enrique, let's get out there the ice fast. So we got out, and we did a little bit of warm up before we went into the sauna, which is the best thing to do, warm your body up naturally first, and then we went into the sauna which, unfortunately for Enrique, didn't turn it on properly, so it was freezing cold in the sauna as well. <laughs> so uh, so we quickly jumped in the hot shower, trying to get warmed up a little bit. and uh, But I didn't get the pain the second day. I didn't get the pain. And um, after that, I, we were informed the reason why we got out of the ice bath at Wim's house was because we were taking a short little walk around the corner to the frozen waterfall. I don't know if you've seen the Vice documentary. Yeah. So the frozen waterfall from the Vice documentary, that is where we went next. So after already doing an ice bath in the morning and then before any breathing now, we're going straight to the waterfall. So there's was two lots of cold exposures straight away first thing in the morning. Which uh, was...
0: As someone who, as you say, you, you feared the cold to a great extent, what were these experiences like then? Was it helping you to get over this even at this early stage?
1: Uh, yeah, very much so, because uh, you had to break that. Uh, you're in a group of 20 other... Other people, ours was all men. So it was like everyone's, you know, going in together. It was a, it created a great bond and a connection. Uh, going into the cold, which is stress, you know, stress, uh, which we all deal with, deal with in daily life. Going into that, you learn how to relax because the idea with the cold is relaxing. Let go. You can't take any baggage or anything you're holding on to or an argument you had two days ago into the cold. It's just you just fight a flight pure everything's telling you to get out of the cold but once you start to relax you start to focus on your breathing close your eyes slow your heart rate down know that you're in it now you're not getting out you know you surrender basically surrender's not not a weak word so you surrender you relax and then in that moment for me where i'd find peace a real peace of mind uh, that kind of a lot of people are searching for in life uh, we're always on the go we're always have to be here or there or whatever and all the chaotic things that were going on back home so for me that's where i kind of find uh, a moment of peace and it put me in the present moment centered in the now as they say
0: yeah like that idea of just stepping away from everything stepping out of everything for a moment like you say so instead of feeling surrounded by it you can almost yeah step out of it and have have a look at things from the outside to a great extent or even just don't think about it for a while that's it don't think
1: there is nothing it's just you and the breath and that's it and in that moment is is yeah where you find a lot of peace and and therefore when you're now because the latest studies show that whims getting into the the deepest part of the brainstem uh, where the opioids and cannabinoids and stuff like that are being released naturally Um, so going into the cold you're learning to go into a different part of the brain. You're learning how to relax into the cold. So we're now in a stressful environment, whenever you go into a stressful situation, you learn how to basically control your breathing, relax more. Therefore you're more in control of your emotions, you're more in c- control of your anger, you're more in control of a lot more systems of the body. that We never really tap into.
0: Yeah, yeah. What. what? How do you deal with the the the, the idea then? Because the, obviously the body is reacting to cold in no. in the natural, in the, the normal way that it does. Because well, it's trying to warn you about something, isn't it? Yeah. Saying that this is really cold and it could harm you, do you damage, it could kill you. Yeah. So you you're yeah. trying to override a natural response within your body that's telling you to not do something because it could
1: could kill you. Yeah. Uh potentially what happens is the body is, uh, this body that we've been given is like so clever um, that it will adapt. It will give you what it needs. I mean, once you go into the cold and you focus on your breathing and you relax, the body then starts to, to react the way it should. You know, it's uh, the body, like when we're born, we're born with high amounts of brown fat, uh, brown fat tissue. Brown fat uh, is the energy source of the body uh oh well not the energy source but creates energy it creates heat and things like that so a newborn baby when it's born has high amounts of brown fat because it doesn't need clothes you know we put clothes on on the child but really the that's why you see a lot of children sometimes if they're running in and out of the sea they don't feel as cold as say an elderly person because over the years, what we've been trained to do is is be comfortable in our nice warm clothes with our central heating and, and the car being full fully whacked up to the hot on when it's uh, winter time. Well, the, yeah, so, the, uh, the, like you say, the natural response to cold this is, is it, yeah. to
0: get rid of that cold, yeah. or to make yourself yeah. feel less
1: cold. This is it. Yeah. So so by doing that, we actually stop the production of the, our brown fat. So the older we get, the less brown fat we get which means less energy, which means we don't, we will feel the cold more. So by going into the cold, uh, letting the body do what the body does, which is adapt, it creates more brown fat, which means more energy and more heat. So therefore you can come out of the, the, the cold water and you actually feel on fire. You actually feel like you're hot in some cases and it's like, wow, this is this is un- unbelievable you know you just you feel amazing you feel quite euphoric because of all the other chemistry that's being changed in the body and uh, yeah it's it's an amazing, amazing experience.
0: I don't know why, but it's brought to mind, it, my brain works like this and yeah. draws out really weird bits of trivia that I've absorbed from various places mm. over the years, but it brings to mind a story about um, Stanley Matthews. I'm pretty sure that Stanley Matthews said that his dad used to make him and his siblings like stand in front of a, an open window in the wintertime, you know, and sort of breathe and all this okay. kind of stuff. Um. And Obviously, the guy was fit as a butcher's dog, and ended up playing professional football till he was fifty-one years old, and and was known. You know, I think yeah. obviously the the fact that he was a, a teetotaler and, and didn't smoke was obviously a huge advantage in those times. But he said that in terms of how that sort of upbringing toughened him up. Yeah, you know, and, and made him just you know. Well, he said,
1: this this is it. We've not well not to say that we've gotten soft, but we're not stimulating the body in the way it should work with this these natural elements that we have. Uh, to work at its full uh, capacity, so we've actually cut ourselves off from from this.
0: What about uh, you know, like say for example, with something like this, where you're dealing with extreme cold. What about the things that can physically actually happen to you, though? So, for example, like frostbite or um, you know, um, see, frostbite, or hypothermia. Yeah, or frostbite these sorts and
1: hypothermia. I mean, that's it's definitely there. It's definitely something that can happen. You know, but not as as quick as. As we're made to believe and through this training through this training in the cold we can actually develop ourselves to become uh, more resistant to these things coming on and, and, and know that our body can adapt um, I did a, a workshop in the Lake District with uh, another instructor a friend of mine called Emma Estrella Cory and uh, yeah we we did a workshop with a swim the lakes um, we combined it with a Wim Hof we did swim the lakes Wim Hof and there was there was a woman there who we we hadn't really done the breathing beforehand okay so this was they've done the swim lakes and now we're going into the wim hof method and they wanted the the guys in the lakes to swim there for like 10 to 15 minutes whereas we only train two minutes through two minutes in the cold once we've done the breathing change the chemistry of the body uh help with pain thresholds and things like that then we go into into the water or sometimes we do it without but it's just the mindset so anyway we um this this uh, lady, she was uh, she was struggling to do even do a minute to two minutes in the water beforehand. Uh, she got into the water this time, and I gave her a little tip on the way. I told her about the the humming and uh, how we really you only need to do two minutes to train the vascular system, and the circulatory system. Uh, so just just do two minutes, and I said, breathe in deeply, relax, and um, and exhale slowly. Even use the hum. So she gets in the water. And she's, uh, she's running around with her hands in the air going, ah, doing all this. And I just advised, I said, listen, just relax, relax and do the hum. So she was humming and she was relaxing and she's still going. And then after three minutes, and not two, but three, I said, okay, now you've done three minutes. She's like, oh, okay, uh, well, well, I'll stay in and I'll do five now. Oh, okay, you stay in and do five. And then she carries on concentrating on the breathing relaxing. And I guess the five minutes, I said, like, okay, now you're at five minutes. And at five minutes she was like oh dipped her shoulders down into the water for the first time during the day i said and she turned around she's like actually feel okay now i was like okay yeah there you go you're relaxed your body's adapted and she's gone like, so she turned around and said i'm gonna go and join the others for the swim so she started swimming off with the others <clears throat> and after 10 minutes she comes out And she's oh she does 10 minutes and she comes out and she's not even bothered about being cold. She comes out and she goes, I've done 10 minutes! And she's got her hands up in the air and she's glowing red where all the circulation, the brown fat's been activated and she's she's so happy. You know, she's not worried about being cold or anything like that. But uh, then, whilst we were doing the warm-ups and everyone else was getting out of the water, I've noticed uh, a couple of other people uh, going into that early stage of possible hypothermia. You know, it's it's quite a big stage so anyway she's starting to shake i could see the color in her face is gone and she's uncontrollably shaking and things like that so i just softly went over to her sat in front of her and i just started speaking to her and i just started saying like follow my hand with your breathing she's you know all in shaking and everything else so i started guiding her with my hand deeply in and letting go nice and slow nice and relaxed so i carried on with this got doing the humming. And within say ten to ten to fifteen minutes you can you could see the colour coming back in her face, you could see she was taking back control of the situation. You could see her completely change and I, I could tell and from my experience of other times and in Poland and, and all the rest of it. So anyway, she I then got her up and said, we you like to do some qigong or the the horse dance, as they say in the Wim Hof method, so we got her doing some movement to activate activate the brown fat and got the, the energy working to the legs bent so we can Use the biggest muscle group of the body to generate a bit of body heat as well. So as she's doing that, she does it. She's fine. Then we walk back to the the place where we're doing the breathing in the workshop. Um, so they carried on to walk back, and then it was then when the guys from because I just this is what I do type of thing. Uh, it was then I didn't think anything anything different of it, but then the guys who were running the workshop turned around. uh Pete and uh, another guy there and and a, a lady. They turned around to me and said, I've never seen anything like that before. I was like, oh, oh, oh how, do, how do you mean? And they were like, well, we've seen people go into early stages of hypothermia and, and uncontrollable shaking. And with uh, it's usually half an hour to, to an hour before they can actually come around and, and be normal again. And, like you just done it there and got to come back around in 10, 15 minutes. And they were blown away by it. So it's just the power of the mind and the body and the breathing and know that your body will adapt and relax, and, and let the body do what it wants to do. If we're tense and we're holding on like this, can you breathe? If you're tense, you can't breathe. So therefore, yeah. It's
0: uh, it's like with anything like this, though, isn't it? I mean, I noticed you yourself on your arms here. You've got a few tattoos as yeah. well, so I'm sure you yeah. know full well as well that when you're going through that experience, it's the same thing, isn't it? If There's you on. if you sit there in the chair rigid and all really tense and everything's all. Then... It's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible experience yeah, yeah. for everyone involved. I don't think anyone that's likes it. tattooing someone, even that's like like that's that. Where it. it's like you say, if you if you relax and you breathe, you don't even even just calm breathing. Yeah, deep you know, inhales, yeah. elongated uh, uh, exhales, and, and relaxation. And the pain is so much less, isn't it? Yeah. Even just in something as simple as that.
1: That's it. It's because the breathing is connected to the whole nervous system, the endocrine system, your immune system, all these systems of the body, which they believe is autonomic, automatic. These actually are connected to, through the breathing. So therefore, if we focus on our breathing and let go of all these thoughts and this fear and this tension, you know, it's like you said, if you're getting a tattoo and, and you're all tense and you're cramped up, then you can't breathe. Or if you're You're telling yourself, this is going to hurt, this is
0: going to hurt, this is going to hurt, well what are you going to end up thinking about it? that's it,
1: exactly, exactly. And that was what uh, the first woman in the morning was doing, when she, you know, what to do the minute, or the two minutes or whatever. Uh, Straight away in her head, uh, what Emma noticed was she went, I can't do it. And then Emma turned around and said, well, that's why. Because you're already straight away, before you're even going into the cold, you're already telling yourself you can't do it what do you think the outcomes gonna be <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, oh, I can't do this I can't do that and you know and this is all ego it's all fear doubt it's all you know you can't do this and you can't you know do that and well what happens is for me personally and I'm obviously must be with others is when I go into the cold and um, when I was playing around with the, the showers you get that little that little thing in your mind that's telling you don't go in don't do it don't go to the cold it's too uncomfortable don't you know don't do this don't do that but when the more you go into the cold and you actually take back control and say actually no i'm in control you can shut up i know there the benefits of this and i know it feels great so i'm gonna yeah i'm going cold and now yeah it's and the more you train that the more this this part of the fear doubt um uh, yeah It just kind of goes away in the background and you take more control over you and yourself and what you want to do and what you feel.
0: See, this whole area seems really, really interesting because similar to what we were saying before in that you're basically teaching yourself, your body, your mind to go against certain natural instincts that you have or worries or concerns that you have, fears about something, sometimes seemingly which are born out of... Well, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution yeah. in a way, as yeah. well, and yeah. yet, also, then we have these things like you say that then that are there that are not real. That are just like anxiety and, and you know fear of of well, things that yeah. aren't necessarily there. So it's the, very, they are very there, difficult. But it's so lo- complex, isn't it? it? It's yeah. So so complex.
1: That's it. A lot of the, well, these these feelings and these emotions, they are there, but a lot of the time we don't know how to release it, and we don't know like people who are suffering with anxiety uh, i've been reading a book called the oxygen advantage by uh, patrick mcgowan and uh, in that he talks about nasal breathing and how nasal breathing can get you um more oxygen down into the diaphragm which then oxygenates the rest of the body um he he does breath holds and things other techniques like that as well but a lot of the times in in our society the way we are um means that we're constantly constantly doing something, we constantly have to be here uh, now and we constantly, this has to be done yesterday and deadlines and all the rest of it and uh, so yeah, we're constantly in this stress and therefore our breathing changes our breathing now, instead of breathing into our lower regions of the body and into the stomach and into the diaphragm and oxygenate the lower parts of the body we're breathing in to the chest and we're breathing in through the mouth and therefore, we're not getting the oxygen that we need into the lower parts of the body. The biggest parts of the lungs are underneath the ribcage. Yeah, but if we're only breathing up to here, into the chest, the chest and the shoulders are coming off. how much oxygen are we getting into the body? Not enough. You know, it's it's that simple. And when you focus on the breathing, you can focus on calming your breathing down, uh, relaxing like in the cold, and therefore your stress and your anxiety and your depression and everything else. Can, you can start to take more control over it.
0: You feel that there are similarities with, with other areas, with other fields of practice. Some of the things that have been said about um, this sort of method remind me of mindfulness, for example. Mm. There have been obviously tales of hundreds, if not thousands of years, of um, monks of certain types, Buddhists, for example, who can, again, go out into the, the yes. snow yes. Yeah. And, and meditate there. So, And I think he admits himself, Wim Hof, that he's not doing anything new per se, is he? Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is it. I mean, even on the ten-week week course, Wims mentions my method, and he said, "Well, it's not my method. I found it in cold, hard nature," which is what he did. He, but uh, he found the breathing techniques from going into the cold, you know, and that's that's where he found it. Um, but uh, the actual breathing technique, as well, I think, comes from an ancient Tibetan breathing technique uh, called Tumo, which is translates to "inner fire," which is actually the name of uh, Wims' company, or his son and daughter's company and uh yeah so it's been there for a thousand years uh the the monks would sit up on on the mountaintops with you know, by in the snow and fro- by frozen lakes with wet towels on on them and would just by the power of the breath would warm up the towels and actually dry the towels so this is something that yeah it's been there for centuries we just in the western world we've kind of don't believe in any of this type of stuff and it's not the, um, what we're taught in schools and all the rest of it, what we can actually do and achieve if we go deeper into the parts of our own selves. Because so. a lot of the things that he does as well,
0: because obviously you can understand that people would be sceptical of this sort of thing yeah, of over course. the years, of course. but he's been tested so many, so many times, hasn't he? Yeah. In, in all sorts of uh, different ways and it seems to show that there is there is certainly something going on there, that he's... That he's um, Managing to do, and what you yeah, like I saying, it, it ties in seemingly quite nicely with things like um, mindfulness and that sort of thing as yeah. well. Which seemingly people are much more open about these days, as this well. is
1: it, yeah. There's there seems to be a, a change in people's uh, mentality these days to, to do with mindfulness and 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 all that practice, and the yoga and reiki and all these other practices. Um, but for me, it's uh, what I got from the Wim Hof Method is it's like what Wim said. It's, it's he's created like a shortcut. So like all the yogis that could go up into the mountain for f- mountains for say two years, five years or whatever it is they need to find that place. He's kind of created a shortcut straight to in the now, in the present moment with the cold and then adding in these breathing techniques as well, which can be um, really powerful really powerful I mean the first time I felt the breathing it was my hands were tingling I felt lightheaded I was just felt felt really good and um, yeah the breathing techniques are, are powerful and I've seen people I've seen miracles as well I've seen people um, um, people who have been suffering with diseases such like as Lyme's disease um, one guy who's also an instructor now he was on my instructor training course uh, he was suffering with Lyme disease, uh, and he was actually a police officer from the Netherlands. And um, yeah, he was bedridden for a long time. Uh, he just had before; it took him years to get diagnosed with Lyme disease because there was all these sort of uh, diagnoses and stuff out there before he actually got officially diagnosed. In that time, he'd had two young kids, and uh, the kids had wa- well watched him grow up, basically struggling and in pain, and and then obviously struggling to get out of bed. So anyway, uh, this guy, he, um, he decided to set up a goal fund because he heard about the Wim Hof method. So we set up a goal fund, managed to get uh, enough money for two slots on the winter expedition. And uh, so he decided to take a friend of his along. He was also suffering with Lyme disease and he was wheelchair bound. Okay, so he gets to Poland and he document it. There's a little video, video somewhere on YouTube. And uh, within two days, the guy is, is up and he's out of his wheelchair up and he's out of his wheelchair and he's dancing and, he's like, yeah. and the other guy who took him there he's feeling amazing and his symptoms are kind of going away as well um, and then four days after that four days after they arrived that both of them bare-chested in short, on the top of a mountain dancing so the guy who's in the wheelchair is obviously euphoric he's crying he's laughing he's dancing he doesn't you know he's just so happy that he's found this and it's so life-changing that it's yeah it's such an amazing thing to to hear to see to witness and and yeah and it was that much of a miracle one of the girls who actually works behind the bar in the hotel i found this out uh she actually quit a job behind working behind the bar and became a wim hof method instructor as well so because of of the the miracles really that happened from it uh so yeah
0: Tell us a bit more about um, your experience with the uh, with the mountain and what it was okay. actually like uh, doing these things and, and getting yourself into this position where you were able to to go and do it
1: yeah well um, the first time 2017 when I, when I was there uh, we had to actually climb the mountain uh, a day early uh, so we only did three days training and we went to climb the mountain on the fourth day and uh because there was a snowstorm coming in so we wanted to get up the mountain before this weather came yeah in. so yeah the, for me uh i was kind of happy you know because i was out of my environment that i was in at home i was away from everything and for me i was going through the once you do start doing the breathing on a daily basis and you feel the benefits you just feel really elevated light uh happy you know it's so going up the mountain i felt really good i felt happy i felt I felt in control um, and then obviously I knew things were going to get harsher. So I um, I think it was about two hours up the mountain and uh, we must have been about 20-minute walk from the, the shelter that they have there. It's like there's a cafe on the mountain. And it's uh, just before the summit, before you make that last summit. And we were about 20 minutes walk from there when the snowstorm really, really started to kick in. Uh, a few people were struggling. Um, the group was kind of getting split up a little bit uh, but I felt great. I felt I was in the zone. I was focused. It was just—it's just all about you. You're breathing. No panic. Just like with practice and training beforehand. Um, just focus on the breath. Deeply in and slowly exhale. Even humming sometimes or having a little tune in your head. But it's mainly just focus. Just you, the breath, and each step. <laughs> each step up the mountain. And there's focus. nothing else nothing in else. your life. Nothing at that else that so matters in that moment. You're not worried about He's anything. You're
0: not preoccupied by anything. You're not thinking about no, anything else. It's, it's just, just
1: that. you in that moment, and each step at a time, and feeling the wind coming in, uh, the snow starting to build up. At one point, we were trying to get over something that was like knee-high deep in snow. So you're trying to keep your focus while you're also also trying to get up this mountain. It was at that point. Um, uh, some guides who had gone up ahead to check out the rest of the visibility on the mountain they come back down and said listen you can't go any further basically but obviously for self- health and safety reasons and stuff like that me being me i just i was like oh, i feel great i, w- I want to carry on but then the instructors got us to uh it was like a ski slope um uh, um building that was there where they do a ski lift sorry it's like a ski lift uh, building that was all frozen as well And we kind of took shelter in that, started to put our clothes on. And it wasn't until I actually started to put my clothes on, until I lost focus a little bit, because you're thinking about where everyone else is and these clothes being thrown around and passed around. And I went to put my my pants on, trying to get my pants on. And and then my hands started to have a little bit of a shake. And I realised I couldn't really properly do my button-up on my jeans, on on my pants. I was like, can't get the button on to so one of the instructors had to button up my pants for me and my <laughs> hands I would then start to realise that I couldn't really use my hands as much because I lost the focus that we were in and it's like okay now so I put a couple of layers on and that's when I started to get a slight shiver not too much, not uncontrollably or anything like that but that's when I started to get a bit of a shiver and I was like right, okay it's, 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 it's hard to explain the feeling but just being stuck in that present moment and, and trusting what your body can do is yeah it's not like you can just go and run off a mountain and panic and you know yeah it's be taken over by fear you have to be in control
0: yeah it's again so, it's that it's that idea of being being present in this moment i suppose isn't it yeah and not being preoccupied by other things this is
1: it and, and just trusting in your body trusting that it will adapt which it will and uh yeah then reaping the benefits feeling good you know it's yeah. So that was the first time uh I tried to climb the mountain. Obviously we failed. Um but uh I what I got out of it what I needed. Yeah. So for all that stuff that I was holding on to the the night after the mountain I kinda came back to the to the Wim's house and uh that night we uh we all kind of celebrated. We had a couple of drinks. It was the first night I had a drink. And uh, Wim was there on his own. The first night I really properly got to meet Wim. He was there on his own. He was sat playing his guitar, playing his crazy monkey song, if you've heard of that. And uh, for me, I was um, I was intrigued in what he was actually saying in his lyrics because he sat there a lot of the time sh- shouting it and I can't really focus on with everyone else speaking. So I went up to Wim, sat next to him and I said, oh, do you mind telling me the lyrics and singing the song? To, you know, let me know what your lyrics say. singing it to me and uh, so we did so we sat there and he's just singing a song in me and I'm understanding that I was like oh it, it makes sense you know I get it I get it now and um, in that moment he's like um, music's like meditation man uh, it's good for the soul you know and I was like I looked at him and in my darkest times I I'd pick up my guitar when none of my friends around to to speak to or be there you know I pick up my guitar and I just like i can only play a few chords and things like that but i just play it and i just vent whatever was in my head and just make up my own little song in my head so i said the same to Wim. i said oh yeah i said for me I, yeah i understand that's that's why i play and he's like you play i was like no 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 obviously still no confidence i can't play and Wim said so just
0: here man play
1: <laughs> And I was like, okay, right, he's just give me this guitar. He's just telling me to play. He's looking at me with these big steely blue eyes. Right, when Wim looks at you, it's like he's looking into your soul, you know? So I'm like, okay. So I picked up the guitar, and I, the only song I could think of playing was the song I made up myself in my head. So I was like, that's the only one I kind of can play now while I'm so nervous. So uh, I started playing the guitar and I started singing. And Wim sat there and listening. And he's like, ah, oh, and he really enjoyed it, really liked the song. So then I I decided I was like right Wim I need a drink I'm gonna get up here Do you want one I'll buy you a drink I'll get you a drink from the bar and He's like no You sit there Drink my pint So then I ended up sharing a pint with Wim He won't let me move before now and we're passing the guitar back and forth to each other we having a good jam on the guitars and like I always kind of close my eyes when I'm when I'm playing to drift off into my own little space and then when I opened my eyes there was like a group of people all sat around They were all listening They were all kind of then started joining in and for me I was like wow this is i didn't realize i was kind of playing in in front of this many people so
0: if you hadn't have picked up the guitar if you hadn't have had it forced on you you well, wouldn't have had this well, experience yeah, in would my you?
1: moment of of being down yeah. is when i had more time to pick up my guitar like in, when you're in a relationship and things no, like sorry, that.
0: no sorry i mean this this specific moment when you know if Wim oh. haven't if Wim hadn't yeah. forced you to take that yeah. guitar and forced you to play mm. you would have been like oh no no i can't do this i can't That's possibly yeah. do this yeah. and yet yeah. this is what you end up with this is being this. surrounded by people who are this, this enjoying it, being taken out
1: of my comfort zone which yeah. is what Wim Wim does you know he takes you out of your comfort zone gives you some inspiration and some confidence and then from there it was like okay you know and yeah it was fantastic that's the first night i met wim and then the next day we were back to the waterfall where he uh he decided that uh right okay we're we're going to jump in from the top of the waterfall Right, right you've done the mountain excellent well done guys uh, now today we're going to go it's optional those of you want to come and jump from the waterfall come and jump from the waterfall so for me, I was thinking in my head, well, I've done the mountain, I've done all the training. There's no way I'm coming to Poland and not jumping in off the waterfall. So it's like, okay, come on, Wim, we'll follow you. So uh, so anyway, we we got to the waterfall and this 60 was there and then and Wim just signals me out. It's like, Ian, I had a great night with you last night, man. I, w- I want to take your your email address and your phone number and the rest of it, or I want to stay in contact. So I was like, Wim, off the ice, man, he's wanting to now ask me for my phone number I was like no way he's just saying that it's just it's just saying that so anyway that that uh, so that day we jumped in off the waterfall which which we did uh you had to hit a certain spot so you didn't get injured <laughs> so Wim's there pointing down going right hit there so you're like looking <laughs> not, down, right, not two inches to yeah. the left <laughs> right there yeah so that's <laughs> it so you're like okay there Wim yeah okay I'm going and then you go and and, and so on and yeah it's amazing and then, uh, then that night, um, when we got back to Wims after the waterfall and I was in the sauna and I kind of opened up to the few of the lads in the sauna about what had been going on back home and everything else and they were kind of blown away by all the stuff I had going on and they, uh, I mentioned to them that I had brought a book with me, uh, The Way of the Iceman, that I wanted to get signed for, for Big Stee, and um, so yeah, I said, do you think I should bother Wim and ask him if he should sign this book? And they're like, yeah, of course you should, of course you should, go and ask him. So that night after the meal, Wim was sat there again, kind of more or less on his own. So then a couple of the guys were like egg- egging me on, saying, right, now's a good time to go and speak to him, go and ask him to sign the book. So I was like, okay, I will do. So I went up to Wim, said, hey, Wim, I said, sorry to bother you, but do you mind signing this book for me for my friend back home who's suffering with um, with cancer? So uh, he's like, yeah, Ian, I'd, I'd be annoyed if you didn't ask me. I'd, you know, give it a, yeah. uh, no, here's my phone. Put your email address and your phone number in it. So I was like, oh, oh okay. Uh, so I'm putting my email address and phone number in. And he's, he's writing a lovely message to, to Big Steve in the book. And, uh, yeah, just such a genuine, down-to-earth, loving, funny, charismatic guy. You know, just, yeah, just wanting to help everyone try and heal the world. And, and that's kind of his mission. So, yeah, it was great to kind of do that and then, yeah, I I left Poland after that experience. Uh, Someone actually gave me a guitar, who I was staying in the house with. They gave me a a guitar, knew about my journey, where I wanted to go traveling and go to Honduras and all this other stuff, and he told me to take that with me. I mean, at first I couldn't take it. I said, no, you know, it's too much, I can't take it. And he just turned around to me and said, well, if you don't take the guitar... I'm um, gonna take it to a, a hostel or some something charity shop before I go home, so I won't be taking it with me. But I want you to have it. So I was like, okay, I'll take the guitar. So I left there with the book signed by Wim, uh, contact with Wim, uh, and this guitar. But also on that night after the waterfall, uh, Wim mentioned about teaching others and about becoming an instructor, which was never my intention. I mean, when I got there, I just went. I like I said, I hated the cold. I yeah it wasn't my intention to become an instructor but with Wim turned some confidence in me and i knew the power of this method and and obviously I wanted to do the whole herbal thing as well
0: and he sounds uh, like a very difficult person to say no to
1: <laughs> yes indeed yes indeed yes uh he just yeah he just like looks at you and you know it's yeah he just he just get a lot of a lot of people to do a lot of things they don't want to do that's his, his specialty getting people out of the comfort zone so for me, it's like, could I stand up in front of people and could I teach this method? I don't know, still that little bit of doubt there and stuff like that. But uh, I knew I only had a few months left after that uh, to go back to work before I wanted I to plan my journey on going travelling. So I decided to, uh, after Wim's advice, uh, sign up to the academy. Uh, so uh, I quit my job in, in March, I think it was. End of March, uh, I decided I was going to go to Spain first to stay at a relative's uh, apartment in Spain and look after my mum's health, sort my mum's health out, get her doing the breathing every day, sort of diet and nutrition out and all that type of stuff and spend some time with my mum. So I did that at first and then um, then I headed to the academy in Stru, in the Netherlands and uh, I went there actually uh, earlier because I didn't have a job there and I was travelling. And it worked out a lot cheaper to go on a certain day than another day. So I got there like a week early. So I text Wim and I said, well, I'm coming to the Netherlands today, um, is there anywhere I can stay near the centre because uh because I've got nowhere else to go, I've quit my job and, and everything else. And Wim was like, Yeah, it just it got back to me, which I was, you know, surprised at and he was like, Yeah man, come and stay at the centre, come and stay at the centre and, and, you know, check out the place and, and everything else. So I thought, okay, excellent. So I got to a, a local pub nearby and went and I had some food before I went to the centre. And I uh, got to the centre, Wim brought me in and It was like, oh, he chilled me around the place. And then I was there, like I think it was f- four or five days early from when my actual uh, academy training was due to start. And so me not being lazy and I always like to be active or doing something. I started helping the gardener around the g- grounds. I started working on the grounds. Uh, Wim asked me if I could get all the ice baths and the hot tubs and things like that ready for the people when they come, for the other instructors. So that's what I did. So I spent uh, a few days working on the on the on the grounds and things like that, and helping Wim and helping uh, yeah his girlfriend, his partner and uh, just tidy up the place and everything else and win was kind of that impressed that he uh that the work i was doing and the help i was given that he uh, he told me i could stay for the whole week and because there was two lots of academy training going on that week so he basically let me stay for for both uh which was fantastic you know i got to meet so many different people from all around the world from all different countries and backgrounds and hear so many stories and yeah so it was fantastic and then uh, the day I was leaving, it uh, was actually on my 33rd birthday. And uh, I, I had a little jam that morning with him on the guitar. Uh, I actually left him a picture as uh, that I'd drawn as a thank you for, for putting me up for so long and letting me stay at the, uh, the academy. And he was like, oh, it's your birthday. You shouldn't be giving me gifts on your birthday. So you give me some, like a poster from the wall to take down uh, of the chakra system and all this other stuff. And then dropped me at the train station and then after that i then went from there to uh, to barcelona where i was uh taking part in the summer expedition so wim hof obviously has a, a a winter expedition in poland which is harsh in the snow and things like that but they also have like an adventurous summer expedition where not only do you do the cold water the uh, spanish pyrenees but you also do some canyoning you do some potentially some years as white water rafting and breathing ice baths and it's like an adventure so i did that next so i spent a week there doing that and meeting more people from around the world and seeing so many other people go through this similar transformation that i went through in poland and by seeing this extra stuff and having this extra experience of seeing all these people go through what they were dealing with I've seen people during the breathing laugh, scream, cry, sing. One woman was actually one of the instructors-to-be, Joe. She actually started singing after one of the breathing classes, and it was so beautiful. It was, it was unbelievable. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've seen it all. I've seen, seen a lot of it. So from there, from Spain, I, I left there and went to Honduras. Well, I headed out to America. So you
0: finally made this this
1: Honduras? I made it, yeah. I finally yeah. made it there. It was, it was in the, the pipeline for a long time, and uh, yeah. So uh, even though a few family members were crying and telling me not to go because it's the murder capital of the world and all this fear-based mentality, for me it's like you know the synchronicities, the connections, and just knew I had to go there, and I knew everything would be okay no matter what the situation. So yeah, so I headed there. I got to um, I got to Honduras. Our found the village, Uh, I ended up getting a hotel which I thought was like, I didn't even know where the village was, you know, I I got a a hotel that was meant to be, I heard was close, so we got to the hotel, it was right on the beach, beautiful, beautiful location, Um, and then, yeah, it was literally just 10 minutes, a little tuk-tuk taxi up the road to the village, so the next day, uh, after I got there, I went straight to the village, Uh, the guy from the hotel actually had met Dr. Sebi before he passed away, And uh, yeah, he took me up there, dropped me off at the village. I introduced myself, got to spend uh, a week there at the village, taking all the herbs, doing all the thermal waters, doing all the, yeah, the therapies and stuff that they do and just relaxing out in nature, sitting on a hammock for the first time. It's the first time I've ever sat in a hammock, so I was sitting on a hammock, relaxing and yeah, it was just, it was fantastic. It was uh, an amazing experience. Uh,
0: What's it been like? Since then, you've done all these things, and you've come back to the Isle of Man. You are a Wim Hof instructor. You're the yeah. island's first. Um what's it been like since you've got back? What's mm-hmm. been the reception to it? For uh, example,
1: you know what i have. Before I went away, it was a lot of people weren't really open to listening to certain things. And since I've been back, I've just had nothing but positivity, nothing but love, nothing. Uh, everyone wishing me well, and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really fantastic to see. And more and more people now uh, are opening up to these kind of things, like we, like we said before. So it's amazing that people are stepping outside of the comfort zone, uh, are willing to give these different therapies a try. And, uh, yeah, it's, it can only be beneficial. It's been busy. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. been busy. It's been busy. Yeah, I've been trying to answer all the emails, questions, and media stuff, and do talks, and yeah. Well, Very for excited. example,
0: I mean, we were talking on Wednesday the fifteenth of May, and you were saying that before you came up here today with, to chat with me, you would you'd been doing a lecture for Mental yeah. Health Awareness Week. So yeah. when it comes to something like that, when you know you're dealing with an area like mental health, which is obviously so much more out in the open these days, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, what are you doing when you go into that? Sort of area when you so, for example, what did you do in the lecture today? What did you talk about?
1: Well, in today, it's the first that actually is the first ever lecture I've ever done. So, uh, I obviously did a PowerPoint presentation uh, where we delve into the three pillars of the Wim Hof method, uh, which is obviously the breathing, the cold exposure, and the mindset. So, I basically taught bit about that, delved into the science, um, the endotoxin study where the injected Wim with the um, I think it was the E. coli virus and you train you obviously you know about it from the VICE documentary where 12 people were were not trained and 12 people got sick and 12 people were trained and 100% of them every single one of them didn't get a symptom just from the breathing techniques and the cold exposure and the training in Poland so there was a talk a little bit about that There's some videos and stuff like that uh, also then we went into latest study which is at Wayne State University in in America uh, where they put women to a certain suit I don't know if you've seen this one they put him into no the, I've not seen this one but they put women to a suit where they were flushing cold water freezing cold water through the suit and then uh, neutral water so it was going from cold to neutral cold to neutral and what they uh noticed on the, on the machines when they were testing women was that when he wasn't doing these techniques he was just like everyone else slightly different a little bit of a difference he was just like everyone else so uh, then they got Wim into the fmri brain scanner and uh, the pt scanner Uh, yeah and um, what they found was that when Wim was doing his breathing and he accessed this deep meditative state in the brain which he normally does in the does in the cold when he's in this brain scanner and it's making all these noises and all this racket he was still managed to find that place where he gets to and he started accessing the periaqueductal grey hemisphere in the brain, which is the right in the deepest part of the brainstem, the reptilian brain, the primal brain, the fight or flight, where uh, all the stress responses, the good, uh, the opioids, the endocannabinoids, and things like that, all these systems of the body. And he realized that that was illuminating and lighting up. So when, uh, I think it was in the insula, so that is what controls your, hypothermia, your hypothermic reaction. So that was, when that was, I think, decreasing, the uh, the periaqueductal gray hemisphere was it lighting up and it was going in unison on the machines. So it was when that wasn't working, that was going up, down, up, down. So yeah, so they found out in the late study that women can actually access these parts of the body. It was on before unheard of. So yeah, it's th- so we taught a bit of the new science, the old science, and, and then we got some people doing some breathing techniques. I, I explained how to do the breathing. Um, how to uh, make it flow from the belly to the chest, and the head, and, and certain aspects of that. Then we did a little bit of just introduction to the breathing, and I told uh, talked about my journey to the Wim Hof Method, but more or less what we talked about today. And then I uh, went into a bit more of the, the science and the breathing techniques and the benefits of the cold and the benefits of the breathing and the commitment and, and all that. And then after that, we did uh, four rounds of breathing of the Wim Hof method, and and then at the end, we had some questions and, and stuff, and yeah, and just processed what people have been through. So yeah.
0: And um, what what else are you what else are you doing with it over here then?
1: With the method, yeah. Uh, I'm actually in the process at the minute of starting up my own business, because um, obviously I've. I know the benefits this can have on the mental health um, side of things and it's something that's personal to me as well with my family members and things like that and also autoimmune disease and any autoimmune related illnesses. Uh, I'm going to start a a morning breathing class where people can come. They can uh, change the chemistry of the body early morning, first thing before they have anything to eat. Uh, There will be an ice bath set up and ready for them. So that'll be an option. Uh, If they want to do that, obviously you have to have exposed yourself to gradual cold exposure before you want to go and jump in cold water because it can cause cardiac arrest in some cases and things like that. So you do have to be gentle with the way you go into it. You don't just get thrown straight into an ice bath, you know. So uh, that's what I'm in the process of setting up at the minute uh via my own company which is our business which is going to call be called inner alchemy is called inner alchemy so i'm just in the process of getting that set up and i want to have that up and running for after tt week so yeah that should be yeah what i'm adding in
0: the one thing that i always ask people before uh they leave i say the one thing i always ask people this is the third one i've done of these (laughs) okay (laughs) out of three people that i've asked this at the end of um on your journey so far, and not not just with this method, but just in, in life in general, yeah. what what do you feel like at this point? You've you've learned from it. Where do you feel like you are, and, and what do you feel like you could you could offer to people, other people, as as some sort of advice or something that you've learned along the way, some sort of little nugget or something that you've realised is important in life, you know?
1: For for me, just be willing to try. Just be willing to let go of the mindset of a belief system that you have that something, oh, that doesn't work, or this doesn't work but without even actually trying something. So for me, it's try it for yourself, experience it, know then, because then once you've experienced it, you've got to know whether it works or it doesn't work. So, But just be at least be willing to try and give something a go. Uh, let go of certain beliefs that you think serve you and actually they're not, they're holding you back, they're based on fear and things like that. And just be willing to step outside the box. Ian Kirk? Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much, Ed. Cheers. Pleasure.